In an era of online retail where everything is just a few clicks away, buying a car should be no different. That's why at Carvana, you can buy a car 100% online. We made it easy to browse, view, and buy from over 10,000 cars. You can even trade in your old car, all while binge-watching your favorite TV show. Afterwards, we'll deliver your car to you. Or you can pick it up from one of our car vending machines. Either way, your car comes with a seven-day return policy. So grab a seat, relax in your comfy pants, and enjoy the new way to buy a car at Carvana. Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. Hi, Jan. I heard Toyotathon is on. It sure is. Perfect. I'm getting a head start on my list for Santa. Well, we've got great year-end deals on Camry, Highlander, RAV4, and more. But what kind of toys do you have? It's actually Toyotathon, not Toyotathon. We have great deals on vehicles, not toys. I'm sorry, sweetie. Okay. What can I get for five bucks? Current offers end November 30th. Toyotathon ends January 4th. Participating dealers only. Toyota. Let's go places. intro crap and kind of talk around before we actually start recording and uh, I think that makes sense. Uh, so today this is episode 42 and uh, Adam and uh, Dylan both decided this would be a great week to leave and leave me here by myself. So I was smart and I found someone else who knows stuff about video games and I called him on Skype and we're talking now with my friend Hans. Hi, Cliff. Hi, everybody. How you doing? See, there he is right there. Now, uh, he not only is a, like, I've known Hans for, what, maybe 10 years now? Oh, at least. And we've been in the same state a bunch of the same times, but have never actually been in the same place in the same state a bunch of times. Yeah, you're, so. you're one of my internet friends. Exactly, yeah. We met uh, because we both like Disneyland a lot, and uh, that's that's an okay thing. It is. Yeah. So I guess we could shout out. We'll give a shout out to Subsonic. So go to subsonicradio.com. It's all Disney music all the time. And uh, we've been hanging out in the same, like, kicking back old school. We used to hang out in the same MIRC chat room, or I just IRC chat room, I guess. And uh, now it's moved over to Slack, so we're it, we're keeping up with the times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a thing. Although I just lost my Slack connection, so there's that. Did I lose you? <laughs> no, no, I'm still here. Oh, hey, good. Well, that's great. Uh, yeah, so Subsonic Radio is pretty awesome. If you like Disney music, it's you know there's over 200 hours of different tracks of on ride audio and stuff. So yeah, go check, go it, check out. it out. I've got to assume like that we found out like the Venn diagram between people that listen to our podcast and people that like wrestling is like a circle, and so I'm assuming that like the the people that like our podcast and that like Disney has got to be like they got to touch a little bit, right? Uh, you would imagine, you know, the gaming wrestling. Disney circle. Disney I mean, community. <laughs> yeah, it kind of. We'll pull it all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's good. Anyway, uh, we're going to kind of do the same thing that we normally talk about, uh, except we're going to do a big break in the middle where Hans is going to talk about the amazing arcade he has in his house that has how many or how many machines do you have now working? Oh, working 20. Which is, I think, bigger than like the arcade at my mall when I was 15. So, like, that's that's not shabby in any way. No, I haven't beat my Aladdin's Castle yet, but I'm close. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, today we're also going to talk some news. Uh, Xbox One is getting keyboard and mouse support, which is awesome, I think. Maybe. People on the internet are unsure. Uh, Nintendo's killing the Miiverse, and that is breaking some Wii U games. Uh, I was just telling me the uh, Vive is actually getting a wireless adapter, so you'll be able to spin around in VR without running into stuff in like your cable and then tripping over and hitting your head on your desk. I've seen that happen. 
Um, Destiny 2 is out uh, technically today, but since today's Tuesday and you're listening to this on Thursday, Destiny 2 was out two days ago, but it's still exciting. Yay! Right? And uh, Twitch is doing some cool donation stuff to Extra Life uh, this, like, for the next two weeks. And then we're going to talk about arcade games, answer some questions, and uh, just have a lot of fun while we're here. So, anyway, we're going to start with what we're playing. What have you been playing, Hans? Um, so... Uh, PUBG. You guys talk about PUBG all the time. I'm big into that. Thank God you were uh, here to talk about that because Adam's not. <laughs> so I've been uh, diving into the first person stuff quite a bit. Um, and it's fun because there's none of the, you know, look around spamming that people do. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of fun to run up on people and they're usually, you know, usually actually scared that you're behind them and or in front of them or I'm scared that somebody shoots me in the face. But, yeah, it seems to be really nice, the, the first-person only mode. The funny thing for me is that that never even occurred to me. Like, both Dylan and Adam were like, oh, yeah, we look all around like that all the time. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I actually watched Adam do, like, a Let's Play of it. I'm like, oh, you can look over hills and stuff. Like, that That seems like cheating, but I guess everyone's doing it, so that's cool. Um, so yeah, you- and that's what the first person does. It locks that in so you can't do that, and it really changes the gameplay quite a bit. Oh, I can imagine. I, I think I'd be better at first person, too, than I would third person, like, Third person shooting, like accurate shooting, third person always seems a little bit, uh, a little kludgy to me. Like it, it never feels quite as right as first person shooting. But maybe that's yeah. Just me. You don't have the auto lock like Grand Theft Auto games, so yeah. it's definitely different. Different, yeah. What uh, have you have you gotten yourself a chicken dinner yet? No, no. I'm still at my best game was second. That is the worst of the best games, too. Like, that, I, I mean, like, in anything else, you can say, like, oh, I tried real hard and it was real good. But, man, second place in PUBG is just, like, that's literally first loser. It sucks. Yeah. And it, it also means that you probably so got sad. killed by the guy who took first place. Like, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He was staring me in the face. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. He threw a grenade at me. <laughs> killed by a grenade. Yeah, that's not a bad way to go. No, it could have been worse. Nah. What else he you could have snuck up on me. At least I saw it. <laughs> I think the closest I've ever gotten is like I've been in the top thirty, so I got I got a ways to go. I don't play nearly as much as everybody else, though, so it's all right. As soon as I saw it played on an Xbox over the weekend, though, uh, they had it showing on Xbox at uh, ID at Xbox and at PAX, and it looks really really good. I hear it plays. I didn't wait in line because you know, I'll just be able to play it in two months, but uh, I hear it plays really really well too. So that'll be fun yeah. to see. And soon keyboard and mouse, so you'll actually be competitive. Oh. <laughs> that, and see, and that's we'll talk about that, but that's that's going to be a problem. That is going to be a problem. So, anyway, what else are you playing? So I'm your friend that plays No Man's Sky. Everyone has one, I think. <laughs> and the new update, I think they finally finished building the game as to what they promised last year. <laughs> well, you know, better late than never. What what yeah, uh, hey. what does it add? Um. So. It, it adds – well, shoot, I should pull up all the different things because I've just started playing again and haven't experienced them all. But Did you start uh, over from scratch? The Witch? Oh, yeah, I started over from scratch for this patch. Nice. Most definitely. Um, so there are now crashed spaceships you can find, crashed freighters even, um, so you don't have to pay the millions of billions of dollars for a freighter. Nice. Um, there are teleporting between your base and your freighter and any other teleport – they're kind of like teleport rings, kind of like um, – uh, Stargate. Sure. You can teleport through. So that's kind of nice. It lets you, you know, if you build a big base on a world and then start, you know, moving around, you know, through the universe, you can go back to that base. So that's kind of cool. That's very cool. Um, you know, they added the, the, um, moving bases, the huge freighters before, and they added 
uh, rovers, you know, kind of cars and stuff you can have on the on land, which is nice. So it doesn't take you three hours to, you know, walk somewhere anymore. Wow. It's less of a walking simulator now. So. <laughs> and the other thing is I love walking simulators, but I, the, man, that first mission in No Man's Sky where it's like, here, walk 15 minutes that way to get this one thing. I'm like, mm, this might be where I bounce on this game, I'll be honest. It is still that way. Uh, there's supposedly I haven't seen it yet. Now there's a full branching storyline. They swear thirty hours of gameplay. Wow. We'll see. Um, let's see. There are procedurally generated guild missions. I'm reading from the website now. Um, deeper interstellar trading. I haven't seen any of that yet, though. Um, star systems now have varying wealth, conflict, and economies. I wow. have seen conflicts. That's kind of fun when you warp into a into a galaxy and there's people just fighting all over the place That's and cool. you can join in and if you want and get and, killed quickly. and you can actually see like you can't actually see other people now but you can kind of see where they've been right so i have yeah i've not seen anyone yet in game but i understand you can and definitely you can see where they've been you That's can cool. see people's buildings and things like that yeah i this, no man's sky is this game i think i'm happy i didn't play much until this point because i think it would have been a game that i could have bounced off real easy i own it i've, I've owned it for probably eight months now nine months and i played 15 minutes of it. i was like yeah this is okay um i like i think i like astroneer better but i think they're finally got it to the point where i can hop back in and, and really enjoy it yeah you should give it a try yeah, I, I think you would it, it, it might suck up a bunch of your life, but you might have to stop playing Witcher 3 for a while. Yeah, I stopped playing Witcher 3, but now I'm just playing Destiny more, so I don't know. <laughs> and then with Destiny 2 coming out tonight, like, it's it's a problem. Yeah. A good Ooh, problem. it is Great tonight. Yeah, I know, right? Unfortunately for you, it's like tonight at like a – oh, you're Eastern time, so yeah, it's midnight for you, which is awesome because that's 9 o'clock for me, so I can literally actually play it tonight. Oh, lucky you. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So now the next two things we got it we've got a list obviously because that's how we do things around here. My the next two you've played I really enjoy like not I don't think we've ever had a what I've been playing this week that throws back like what forty years thirty five years. Yeah, probably <laughs> eighty one, eighty three. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so Donkey Kong and Miss Pac Man. Um, Love it. We'll talk about why later, but uh, this one of the collecting forums I'm part of. We every month have a high score competition, and last month's was Donkey Kong, and this month's is Miss Pac-Man. That's amazing. I'm no good at either, <laughs> but, you know, I like to pretend So how, play. like, how far are you from, like, King of Kong guy? Oh, my God. <laughs> there are five separate levels in Donkey Kong. I have never seen the fifth. I don't think I've seen the second, <laughs> so... so. Yeah, love it, love it. And Ms. Pac-Man, what's what? Tell me what's what's the difference between Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man besides a bow? Uh, the mazes vary, and that's about it. That's it. So that's with Pac-Man, it. it's the same maze for 255 levels. With Ms. Pac-Man, it varies. Wait, is it really? Is it the same maze every time? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, he says questioningly. <laughs> I've never. Yes, I'm. I'm pretty sure it is. I don't. I don't think that's true. Is it? Why would there be different levels then? You just beat the same level 255, 256 times? It goes faster. All right. Faster, faster. No, I, you know. I mean, it, to be frank, I've never gotten past like level four on Pac-Man either, so it doesn't really matter. When you have to pay quarters for them, it's hard. Well, you know, at my house, you don't have that, to pay that's, quarters for That's them, why so. I'm going to Hans's house. You just got to fly over. <laughs> it's only like 350 bucks to play all the Pac-Man I want. <laughs> Exactly, right? It's not bad. All right, what else you got? No, it is. Miss, Miss Pac-Man added new maze designs. So, That's crazy. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Pac-Man's oh, fun. I'm terrible at it, but it's real fun. 
Have you ever played? Have you ever played Pac? Uh, I want to say like versus Pac Man. Pac Man versus. It's new. It's like in arcades now. Um, I play oh, yeah, GameWorks player. Yeah, yeah where you like really try fun. and eat each other. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Yeah, that game is really cool. If you get a chance, check that out. There's also now a um, what they call the world's largest Pac Man, and it's a LED screen, probably eight foot by ten foot. Oh, that's cool. A few of my arcades have that here. You can also do Space Invaders on it. It's pretty fun. They're opening a they're opening a Dave and Buster's here, and I hope that they've got some like GameWorks is okay here, but it's kind of like it's definitely gone downhill in the last two years. Um, just has less stuff. They ripped out a bunch of arcade and put in like a big um, like I don't know probably forty seat like esports thing where you can go and play Overwatch, you know, by the hour and that kind of thing. And so they took out a ton of good games in favor of that. And so I'm hoping when the, the Dave and Buster's open that it's not, that they've got at least some good arcade games. That'd be cool. Yeah, they'll have some. Dave and Buster's does a lot of redemption stuff, too, yeah. which isn't as fun. But, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll have some of the, the new ones, the new Star Wars they'll have, and I bet you they'll have the largest Pac-Man. Yeah. It's just it's it, game works is the same thing now. We're almost the entire downstairs is all just redemption stuff, and then the upstairs is really taken over by like games where you stand and shoot things with a fake gun, which is cool. But I, I can only play so many of those. So yeah. Oh well. What else you got? Uh, so the last game I've been traveling a lot. When I travel, I like to play Rim World, so which is Rim World. It's kind of like uh, Dwarf Fortress. Oh. Uh, if you've ever played that, it's kind of like a top-down, you crash land on a planet, science fiction simulator. Is everything uh, shown by letters? No, it's okay. it's actually, it's not more <laughs> fortress than that. It's fully, you know, it's not the prettiest graphics. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's maybe a step up from 8-bit. Uh, if you've ever played Prison Architect, it's kind of oh, in sure. that vein. I love Prison Architect. So, yeah, it's like that, but sci-fi futuristic. Very cool. So as a, as a kind of a, a you know, networky, engineering kind of guy, have you ever played NetHack? Oh yeah, that yes. <laughs> is that like oh. I've never played it, but someone told me, yeah, like you just you literally, you know, like uh, you know, you know, tell that or whatever into a server and and you know play it. I'm like that could be pretty cool. So it it is definitely it it harkens back to the you know the trade wars days of yep. BBSs and things like that. Yeah, I like the idea. No, RimWorld looks really cool. I just pulled up the uh, the game for it. it. Looks fun. Yeah, it I I really enjoy it. It's a time suck. I think I have. Go see how much time you probably don't even want to know. It's terrible. Yeah, eighty-two hours into it. Oh, so 80, eighty-two is not bad at all. Yeah, that's like a fifth of the time I've been to Rocket League. And this oh, well, game, good. this game looks way deeper than Rocket League. <laughs> yeah, things can go real bad real quick. So you know, it's got the AI likes you can kind of have it mess with you constantly. And it looks cool though. It looks really cool. It does have a very Prison Architect vibe. And you're just trying to like settle a is it. So you're on a sci-fi colony. You're just trying to like settle it and and make it better. I assume you can do that. Or the the end game is to actually build a rocket ship and blast off. Oh, trying, so. to, trying to escape your world. Yeah, there's a big tech tree. So that's fun. Well, it's overwhelmingly positive on Steam, and it looks like it's oh, it's still in early access too. And it's only thirty bucks. That's not terrible for a game you can put eighty two hours into. Oh, you Definitely. can get it cheaper too during sales. Yeah. But anyways, what are you into? This oh, I week? will tell. You, I've actually. I I don't even remember if I played. Like I was trying to figure out what. Like I must have played games last week, like last Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I just don't think I did. I packs like took up my entire Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then I just recovered from it yesterday. Um, 
Because it's huge. Like I, I looked and I walked. I mean, it's indoors. It's in the convention center in in Seattle, and I walked like seventeen miles in three days indoors. It's it's crazy. Oh wow. Yeah, it's real big. Um, so I played about a billion games at PAX. Um, <laughs> like at least it felt that way. I came home and like started going through my business cards. I'm like, I only played like ten games a day, but it feels like you play a bit, you know that many games because you're waiting in line and you're you're walking places and stuff. Um, I think we're actually going to do a special PAX episode when Dylan gets back because. Dylan was there Saturday and Sunday with me, and so uh, we'll, we'll do a, a big PAX rundown. But one that I'm going to call out right now, um, not only because it's a really, really fun game, um, but because the guys who make it are the most amazingly awesome, like gracious people in the entire world, is a um, game that's out on Steam. It's at least on Steam and the Switch. It may also be on PlayStation and Xbox. It wouldn't shock me at all. It's called Death Squared, and it's a game that was designed to be like a cooperative um, experience that you can exp- like that you and I could play with our kids, or that you and I could play with our wives, or you and I could play with our grandparents. Um, it was designed to be very specifically a a game where you take these two boxes and try and get them through, you know, this these series of obstacles and get them to these end pieces. It's kind of like Elo Milo if you've ever played that, or just any of those kind of like environmental, you know, puzzle games. And it's really fun. I actually, I bought it for my Switch. It's it's a great time, especially like the Switch is the perfect platform to it because it's two to four player. So you have two, you know, you just throw off two Joy-Cons and play it. Really good time. But, you know, I went up to these guys. I'm like, you know, this is a really cool game. It's a really cool idea. Would you guys be willing to do an interview? And it's me. I'm not super outgoing. So it was like took a lot to get me to the like, hey, would you guys do an interview with me? That'd be real cool. We have a podcast. And... uh and they're like, yeah, of course. And they're, they're from Australia. So first of all, like they're these huge personalities. Like, of course, we'd love to do it. You know, I, won't, I won't go too far with that. But <laughs> super nice guys. And uh, so we start pulling out all of our gear. And it turns out I only have one microphone. And, and I think Adam figured I was good enough at this that I'd be able to do like a, hey, I'll talk into this. And I'll push the microphone over to this guy. And he vastly overstated my ability to do an interview that way. And so the guy's like, oh, I bought all my gear with me. Do you want to use my microphone for this interview? And then we can have two. I'm like, oh, that'd be fantastic. And so we get it all set up, and we're having a really hard time getting our recorder to work because it's so old. Like, all the labels have been worn off the buttons. So Dylan's struggling with that. And we finally get it all working, and, and we do this interview, and it goes great. And he's like, you know, I'm not going to be using this microphone you know, at all today, if you just want to take it with you and bring it back, I'm like, I've met this guy five minutes ago and he's like, yeah, just take all my stuff. It'll be fine. Just the most amazing, gracious, awesome, easy to talk to you guys you've ever, you've ever met. So go look at Death Squared and uh, check it out. It's it's a really good just like family game. There's a single player. There's a co-op two player and then also co-op four player. And there's like a, a billion levels for each of those. OK, not a billion, but like 40 to 80. So check yeah, that out. Checking it out. That's where it, really cool. it's real fun. It's it's just one of those games that, you know, you're just going to sit down and play a couple levels and then go do something else. You'll come back the next day and sit down and play a couple levels or, you know, sit down and play for four hours. It's it's just that kind of kind of game. It's really fun. Um, the other game I'm playing is West of Loathing. Um, did you ever play Kingdom of Loathing, Loathing Hans, like back in the yeah, day? Yeah, so I just pulled this up because I was like, that sounds really familiar. <laughs> and it is Kingdom of Loathing. It, it looks totally like. is. So – like I'm going to say Kingdom of Loathing was 15 years ago. Like I remember playing it when I lived in Michigan, which was like 2001, 2002. These guys made a 
web-based role-playing game that was set in this kind of fantasy world called Kingdom of Loathing. And it was really well known for – first of all, it just ran in a browser, which at the time was crazy. And it was all written in PHP, um, which probably means nothing to, except like maybe to you and me. <laughs> um, but at the time, I remember like, oh my gosh, I know how to use this language. I could do something just like this and never did, of course, because that would require like time and follow-through. Um, but it was this super fun fantasy game that, I mean, I think it still exists and people still play it. Um, but it's just funny and kind of weird and, and whatever. And so the guys that made, uh, Kingdom of Loathing made this game called West of Loathing and it's a, it's a, it's a cowboy game. And I, you know, I'd kind of heard about it. It was kind of on my like, oh, I should pick that up eventually list. And then it came out and was on sale on Steam and I never did it. And then it went up to full price, which is a whopping $15. Um, and I'm like, oh, I'll pick it up on a Steam sale. And then I played it at PAX, and in the 10 minutes I played it, I laughed out loud like 15 times. Um, and so I figured that was probably worth it. And luckily, it was actually – they were selling keys at PAX for 10 bucks. Um, and so I picked it up, and I've played maybe two hours of it, and it is absolutely hilarious. It is so much fun. It's just goofy and just irreverent and – makes fun of, you know, like cowboy movies, but also makes fun of itself and makes fun of all these weird tropes. It's really, really fun, but it's all done like, I mean, your character's literally a stick figure, not, I mean, I'm not saying that like they're badly drawn. I'm like, literally they are stick figures and everyone in the game is a stick (laughs) figure. There's no color in the game. Um, although the game does have a colorblind mode and it's like literally the, the help is like, I don't know, try it. It might help. Um, it's all black and white. It's, it looks like someone drew it on a Sharpie on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. Um, but it's also really well animated. Um, it's got turn-based combat. It's a ton of fun for like, I think it's on sale again on steam now for like 1150. It's totally worth 10 bucks, 12 bucks, 15 bucks, whatever it's, it's, and they said, I think it's like a 10 or 12 hour game. So you'll get, uh, you'll kind of get your money's worth. So West of Loathing is, is a ton of fun. So I would recommend that. Um, I just bought it while we were talking. <laughs> See, I got Adam to buy an Xbox last week. I got you to buy West of Loathing this week. Everybody wins. I'm, I'm just there. Literally, we went to the the uh, Campo Santos booth. The folks who do um, Firewatch, and uh, they had a deal where if you could if you could bring a friend with that had never played it and like and introduce them to Firewatch, you could get this patch. And I'm like, what if I bring my podcast to you and tell you about the 15 people that have personally told me that they've bought Firewatch because you won't shut up about it. <laughs> like, can I get a patch? But apparently, no, you actually had to bring a human with you. So it is what it is. Oh. I know, right? It's okay, though. It was super cool. I bought the map from uh, the game. So you you haven't played it yet. But in the in yeah. the game, you, you pull out this map, and that's how you navigate. You've literally got a map and a compass. And I actually bought the map from the game as a printed thing. I'm going to hang up in my office. I'm very excited about it. So oh, that is cool. I like it. Anyway, um, Dylan's not here, so there's no one to say news, 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 which I'm sure is going to be disappointing to everyone who loves Dylan saying news, news, news. But uh, I guess just pretend or maybe I could, I don't know, copy and paste that out of last week's episode or something. I don't know. It's It sounds difficult. But we're going to talk about news now. <laughs> um, keyboard and mouse coming to the Xbox One, which is crazy. It's a big Microsoft. Like Microsoft is pushing this. They want developers to start adding keyboard and mouse support to the Xbox, which I don't know, could be interesting. What do you think? Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I think the they actually in an interview were saying that they're it's definitely coming, but they have to be very smart in how we do it, right? Because yep. we all know, you know, keyboard and mouse is going to trump anyone using a controller. I mean, 
personal opinion, I guess. But uh, well, I think that, that that is 100% true depending on the person using controller. Like I, I used to be really good mouse and keyboard player, and then I sat on consoles for like five years, and now I'm real bad at it. So, I mean, yes, but yes. Yeah, we'll see. They, you know, they're they're tweeting about making sure it all runs properly. So, you know, and have different multiplayer pools, maybe, which be interesting. You know, with some games you might sit there in the queue for ten minutes waiting. You know, older games, maybe. Yeah. That, splitting that pool. I mean, could what could be, be really cool then, though, is if they were able to take those people that were using mouse and keyboard on an Xbox and introduce crossplay for say a game like Destiny just because it's kind of top of mind right now where right now there is no crossplay between Destiny and Xbox and it kind of makes sense because um just the difference I mean like you just can't play in the Crucible with half of you being on a, a you know joystick or I'm sorry a gamepad and half of you being mouse and keyboard but if they could open up those Xbox players that wanted to play mouse and keyboard and let them queue into you know games like Destiny or Overwatch or I mean I, Obviously, you probably are still at some, like, theoretical advantage where a PC player playing Overwatch on a high-end PC with a, you know, high frame rate monitor and video card in theory has an advantage over, you know, an Xbox player who's probably playing at a locked 60 frames a second um, on an Xbox. But, you know, maybe let those both queue into play it there, queue into quick play mode together. Like, that would just give make a way bigger amount of people that would be able to play together. That'd be pretty cool. That's interesting. I hadn't even thought about that aspect, you know, the, the monitor refresh rates, but you know, my uh, godson has, he went out and bought a CRT TV to play smash brothers on because he needs that sub second timing or he says, it helps. you know, I, I, I wish there was a way to, to like empirically test that because I, maybe, maybe it's just people that are better than I am. People that, that, uh, you know, can play Overwatch at that level where having 30 versus 60 versus 120 versus 144 versus whatever matters. Like, I, my reaction times are so terrible as a, like, slow old 40-year-old that it just doesn't matter. So maybe maybe it's Agreed. the young kids these days. But, you know, I, I think it would be – I think – to me, anytime you can let more players – play together in multiplayer games, the better off everybody is because it just gives you a bigger player base. It, it gives more people to queue, makes wait time shorter, keeps games alive for longer. I mean, not that Overwatch has a problem with that, but uh, you hear about a lot of games that only have, you know, 5,000 people playing. If you can introduce another 5,000 from somewhere else and let them play together, all of a sudden, that's that's a big deal. So, oh, most definitely. Yeah, we'll see. And I think you could even, you know, you introduce a whole new genre of, of games to the Xbox, right? I mean, I remember when StarCraft came out on the yep. Nintendo 64, and it was terrible. Oh, yeah. Now that you have a mouse and keyboard, you could put StarCraft out. Diablo might be easier to play, you know, things like that. Uh, Just, you know, civilizations. You Why you'd play it on Xbox, I don't know, but you could, you know, it's... <laughs> Diablo on the the console is amazing, actually. <laughs> like, it doesn't seem like it would work at all, but it's amazing. It might actually be better than on the PC. I'll be honest. <laughs> I, and I, I, and I try on your recommendation. Yeah, I own them both. Um, it, multiplayer is way better on the PC because on on Xbox you play split screen, and you both like if you want to change your loadouts and stuff, you the other person has to wait, which is lame. But uh, like single player Diablo is real good. Um, but yeah, no, exactly. I think I mean like Halo Wars and Halo Wars Two, like obviously have 
they've brought RTSs to the console, but uh, God, those are better with a mouse and keyboard, like regardless of how well they've optimized them. So, and I mean, like, well, even like City Skylines actually released on the Xbox and PlayStation like in the last month or two. Like, like that game's so complicated on the PC. I can't imagine playing that with a keyboard. It would be amazing to be able to, to be able to, you know, actually use a mouse and keyboard instead of a gamepad to play games like that. So I don't know. I mean, I like, I like what Xbox is doing. I like what Microsoft is doing these days and just, you know, we're going to try a bunch of stuff. Obviously, we're – Sony sold 20 million more PlayStations or 40 million more PlayStations than Xbox has sold Xboxes. And I think it's making Microsoft real hungry and letting them – like saying like, hey, you know, we can't sell more, but maybe we can innovate more. Maybe we can, you know, chip away by just doing things that they can't do because, you know, they're a big, you know, cruise ship that's going along. You know, it takes a long time to, you know, turn one of those around and we're a smaller, you know – nimbler company so i don't know we'll see yeah i kind of had to laugh that uh, speaking of news and what we're talking about right now the microsoft just said that their next version of windows is going to have the fall developer update will bring a lot more gaming support to the windows platform they actually i kind of giggled when they said they're going to make it so you have the full power of an xbox on your pc and you know the funny thing is though is like the so the last update they did and i don't remember what it was called but like it brought so many things over from the xbox over to windows that made things way easier like broadcasting to mixer from your pc now if you're running windows 10 is literally a matter of signing up for mixer and then hitting windows kg and it pulls up a thing that you can broadcast instantly which you've been able to do in the xbox forever and it's you know it's something that's hard to set up on the pc you can record your gameplay same thing windows key g and it'll just automatically record no settings you know it's it's super basic but it kind of gets the job done it brings i mean like being able to use um like discord on your pc is great and that's what we do almost every time we want to do it but having you know the xbox app on your windows pc lets you like i've actually gotten into when like Kevin and my brother are playing Destiny. I've actually hopped on Windows and gotten into their chats through the apps. Like it, it sounds yeah. dumb to say, like you know, hey, we're gamifying your your Windows machine with Xbox stuff. But uh, I think that just having those kind of like Windows Ten effectively runs both those systems. I mean, they're they're kind of the same thing. I mean, uh, an Xbox is just a modified version of Windows Ten, and I think having that base is works both ways like xbox is getting a lot of cool windows stuff and windows is getting some cool some cool xbox stuff so yeah yeah i like it anyway most definitely uh next thing we're talking about is uh nintendo uh is killing the miiverse and unfortunately i am not a big do you have a wii on i have wii u yeah yeah wii u yeah yeah. are you familiar with the miiverse games and i just i don't see anything that i have other than mario kart that it would affect but yeah and it's not like a big deal it's not like it's not like this i mean i don't think anyone was shocked that you know something from the wii u is getting shut down um like i mean that that console probably died you know in in every way the second the switch was released and probably the reality probably three four five months before that but uh it's something that we don't I think it's something we don't think about enough that these these services that live outside of our consoles that we come to rely upon um, go away at some point. And so, you know, things that you've always been able to do, you won't be able to do anymore. And it's, it's you know, like Mario Kart, they're saying you won't be able to share your gameplay videos to YouTube anymore because that was part of the, the Miiverse. And that's, that's strange. And it's not, you know, it doesn't obviously it makes the game still play, but you also kind of wonder... You know, for for how long is that? You know, you still going to do that? Or like Splatoon, 
again, it's not a huge deal, but you won't be able to share the drawings, which is like a, a pretty big, I, I, like I don't play Splatoon. Um, I've played Splatoon 2 a little bit, but the drawings are something I'm seeing all over Twitter now where you can make these little custom drawings and put them places. Like it's a big part of kind of player communication in a world where you can't really talk with each other. But it, it also makes you wonder, you know, how much longer are you going to be able to play Splatoon on your Wii U? You know, at some point in time, there's a server that connects you to other people. They don't keep those alive forever, you know. When does that when does that go dark now that, that the Wii U is kind of a dead system? And, you know, just, you know, little things. Super Mario Maker, like you can no longer um, comment on shared levels anymore, which is, you know, as a content creator in Super Mario Maker, like I've got to think that that is something that really would drive you forward. Like, you don't just make levels for Mario Maker and throw them into a vacuum and hope someone like him. You probably kind of feed on, you know, what people are saying about your stuff. Um, oh, yeah, it's definitely. The reactions and things, yeah. you know. And, I mean, Mario Maker's not an old game. That game is, what, maybe a year old? Maybe? And, I mean, the presumption is that's going to come out on the Switch, but... It hasn't yet. There's not been any announcement for it. So, you know, that, that unfortunately is killing off kind of a very, very cool, very, very innovative game um, that, you know, you just you're I think you're going to see content kind of dry up for, which is a shame. My kid still plays all the time, all the time. So, um, you know, a couple huh. couple little things for Super Smash Bros, um, you know, where it'll show actual users post in the background of the fight. Um, again, you won't be able to do the replay videos, Xenoblade Chronicle X, um, the report feature is gone. I have no idea what that means, but you know, it's, it's, they said it's going to affect, I think about a hundred games overall. Um, and it's, it's anyone on Wii U or, or some 3DS owners. So it's kind of a bummer. Like it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a strange reality that, you know, we don't think about a lot as gamers that anytime you hear, you know, people complain all the time that games, you know, X and X game came out, and it's lame that it uses P2P networking for player-to-player networking for its multiplayer, and it does. It makes in a lot of games that makes things worse. But what you don't think about is if it doesn't use that, and it uses a localized server or yeah, server somewhere else. At some point in time, those servers go away, and you can never play that game again. And it's kind of a bummer, oh, yeah. you know. So actually, I've been. I've been reading about this group of gaming historians at the Internet Internet Archive that are looking at games like World of Warcraft and Ultima Online and trying to figure out how they can preserve those, yep. you know, for that very reason, right? You know, no one knows what WoW Classic looks like anymore. Yeah, well, and, and I mean, the, the reality is the couple of people that do and have tried to bring servers back on get shut down by WoW because it becomes this weird, like, intellectual property versus you know archiving versus them not wanting you to play on old stuff they want you to play on the current stuff and it's it's a it's kind of a minefield but i mean you know whereas the nintendo and the super nintendo almost any game i mean all the games that were officially released and a huge amount of games that were never officially released are just a matter of getting a cartridge plugging into a thing and dumping the rom and all of a sudden that rom can be shared everywhere but you know there are probably already a huge amount of games that you just can't play anymore because there's no way to matchmake in them or there's no way to connect to a server or, you know, they had some weird DRM that was online all the time and you can't authenticate with that DRM anymore. And, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff from probably the last 20 years um, that's just going to go away and, and be lost to, you know, essentially the internet forever. It's kind of a shame. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. It's, I mean, 
Yeah, God, just thinking about it kind of makes you sad, right? right? You can save that later for the video game that makes you saddest. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, that's foreshadowing for those of you that uh, that missed it. Um, all right, so we're going to talk about the Vive next. Um, and I just tried to log into the page that I sent, and it wants me to log into Microsoft now. <laughs> so hopefully you remember what it was. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's uh, a third-party company. But they've been working with HTC, and HTC actually has signed off on this. So what it is is a little wireless transmitter that you plug all the cables that normally go to your headset in, and then on the headset you plug in your cables there, and it's a wireless transmitter. So like you were saying earlier, when you're walking around, your you know Vive is meant for room scale, you know, yeah. in a 15 by 15 room where you can actually walk around and interact with your environment, um, and my buddy has one of these. I've spent hours inside of Vive. I've spent hours inside RoomScale. The Rick and Morty game is actually really amazing. Oh, yeah, that's great. But one of the things I find out is that you know I'll, I'll turn around quickly and I'll almost trip over all the cables. Yep. So this is supposed to fix that, right? So it, there will be batteries in it, so it'll only be a couple hours, but really probably shouldn't be in a VR chamber that you know for more than a couple hours at a time right? anyways. Yeah, I start getting queasy. And this is not the first time that Vive's done this. Vive was very, like, I don't know the particulars of it, but Vive has been pretty open with their hardware platform where there have been quite a few, like, third parties that have developed hardware solutions for things that Vive doesn't have. And the Vive kind of gives their their sign-off on it and says, yeah, you can sell this as kind of a, I don't think it's Vive licensed. I don't know, maybe they're taking a cut. Who knows? But I know, like, eye tracking is a thing you can get where you can get, like, an insert for eye tracking in your Vive. Um, and it's a, a third-party solution that they just happen to support. So I think it's a cool thing. Um, and like I was telling you, like I don't have a Vive, unfortunately. I have an Oculus. But i got to assume that if this tech works, that it's going to be everywhere pretty soon. And the next generation, I guess, I would gather, is going to be all all wireless. So how do you have any idea how it works? Like, I mean, is it just... I mean, is it just like a little transmitter and a little receiver that sets up kind of like a wireless network, or...? Well, I mean, it's a 2K signal, and it's got to be, you know... Very, very fast, yeah. you know, communicating back and forth or you get sick, right? That's the biggest problem with, you know, the the VR as it is today yeah. is that, you know, if there's any stuttering, you start to lose your lunch. So <laughs> I, I think it's probably a array of antennas on different channels. Yeah, that would make sense. Information. Yeah, because, I mean, you think about it like if you've ever tried like a um, uh, Valve Steam Link or – um, like PlayStation, I don't know, the thing where you can play from your PC to your PlayStation and that kind of thing. Like even those where you don't, you just, you know, you need 720p and, you know, a decent frame rate often within your own network don't work. So you've got to think this is some pretty some pretty awesome technology. You have any idea how much it costs? I I'm, I can't get No, the, the site died. It actually, yeah. the Microsoft store has gone away. So I'm looking for that now. Yeah. I would but, guess it's probably going to be a couple hundred dollars, though. Yeah, I'm sure it's not cheap. Yeah. Uh, you know, the next generation of VR, uh, this is one of the things that they're saying is coming, plus the eye tracking. Yep. Those are like the two biggies for the next generation. So. Yeah. I still felt pretty good buying one. I mean, I only bought mine two or three months ago because I don't think there's going to be anything new for a couple of years, especially because I don't think the growth rate of VR has been quite as big as maybe they hoped it would be. I mean, it's not it's not failing in any way, but I think that they maybe had hoped they'd they'd sell a few more than they have. So I think that they might kind of keep with this generation for a little while, let this stuff really get perfected, and then launch a new one like 2019, 2020 is, is what I'm hoping. I mean, otherwise, I just spent 400 bucks for nothing. We'll see. Uh, the... Uh 
they say it's actually three hundred dollars. So that's that's about half the price of a Vive right now. Yeah, yeah. Vive got a permanent price drop, I think, to six hundred dollars, right? Yeah. So you can get a Rift right now for four, and the Vive for six. Um, the the one major difference to the Vive is that it actually comes with the cameras you need for room scale yeah. out of the box. Yeah, with Vive, uh, you, buy the Rift, third you have one. to buy a second camera. Third one, third I think. Camera. Yeah. Yeah, if yeah. you want the true room scale. But they're only, I think they're almost $100, like 80 bucks, And I still don't have one yet. So I, I haven't figured out how to wrap like a 25-foot USB cable all the way around my house. Because it's the one that goes behind you, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's real long. But whatever. Maybe eventually. They, but I mean, like I've said, we've said this before. Like if you haven't tried VR, like find someone who does it or or find someone who owns one or go to a mall. Like all the malls. A lot of them nowadays have like vibe you can pay for by the you know the minute or the hour or whatever to try or you know like the casino by us has like a big room scale like where I think you actually wear them in a backpack into them it's it's VR is amazing it's absolutely more incredible than you could ever imagine so try it out all right uh, Destiny two like if you're listening right now it's out right now it's been out it, for for us it comes out in for me it comes out in four hours for you it comes out in four hours too I guess. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, just about. Yeah. About three hours and forty five minutes. I could be playing Destiny two. God willing, I will be. Um, and that's awesome. I'm super excited. I think it's probably one of the most anticipated games that uh, that anyone I know has been talking. Do you play? Do you play Destiny? I have never played Destiny, but now that it's going to be in BattleNet and Blizzard's, you know, uh, releasing it, mm-hmm. I'm going to definitely give it a try. It's it's. It's so fun, and if you play it, like I'm, I'm buying. I've got the PS4 version pre-ordered because that's where everyone I know is playing it, and the PS4 has some kind of exclusive content crap and and that kind of thing. But I think I might be buying eventually the PC version of it too because I hear it's absolutely phenomenally gorgeous. It runs uh, the P the console versions are obviously 1080. Um, but then are 30 frames per second locked um, just because nothing's powerful enough to handle all the game logic. It's not that they can't be pretty enough. It's that there's a lot of game logic and physics that their CPUs just aren't powerful enough to handle. So um, they've locked it at 30, but uh, the PC version is um, unlo- has an unlocked frame rate, so you can play essentially as fast as your monitor can refresh. Um, supports 4K, supports HDR, supports all of the kind of graphical who's a what's it's that you might want as a PC player. So that's, that's pretty dang exciting. Did you try the beta at all? I meant to, and I never, I didn't No, I was traveling. Oh, you were in China. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I meant to, and I just, it was one of those like, Oh, I'm going to do that tomorrow. Oh, it ends at nine o'clock in the morning tomorrow. So I guess I won't. Um, but I, I really, really, really want to. So that is coming. Um, a couple things, I guess, kind of about the rollout. Obviously it comes out today. Today is the fifth, um, the first raid is going to unlock about eight days from now, 10 a.m. Pacific time, September 13th. And then w- trials, they're not calling it trials of Osiris yet, but it's called trials. Um, I guess that might be that motorcycle game too. It's hard to say, um, <laughs> is going to unlock uh, about 10 days from now on, uh, the 15th. So if you really, I mean, I think the first raid in destiny, you had to be level 26. So that means you've got about eight days to go from brand new player to level 26 uh if you want to start raiding on the 13th and trials i think is also about or the yeah trials is about the same so if you really really want to get on those things right now that now is the time to i guess just start grinding the hell out of the game i'm not that kind of guy i like to i think destiny's actually got a pretty good story i'm not uh i don't need to just run strikes over and over and over again to uh 
to get my light level up to be able to compete. But uh, that'll be fun. Um, and then one thing that uh, that Hans actually brought up is that Destiny Two kind of like Destiny 1 will have microtransactions. So it, it's something that I think is interesting that it doesn't – Destiny doesn't get a lot of a lot of flack for having microtransactions. They're all cosmetic. Um, it's, you know, shaders. It's, you know um, – So it's just like Overwatch. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's shaders for your – I, I don't – Maybe I don't play enough games, but do other games do that? Like Destiny actually has a thing where, you know, you get all your gear and, and obviously your gear is this mismatched mess of, you know, fancy helmets and weird whatever. But then you can actually buy shaders. And so I you can get, you know, like my character, I have this like purple and gold shader. And so it makes all my armor match, which is really yeah. cool. <laughs> and I, World of Warcraft does that does, now. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, that's so cool. And I have like maybe five or six different ones. And depending on what armor I'm wearing, I go in and switch them out every once in a while. But for some reason, mine are all purple. I don't know why. It's probably just the character I play. But um, that's kind of cool. So you can buy different shaders. I think you can buy different like spaceships because your spaceships don't matter. They're just, you know, it's essentially how they look on the loading screens. Um, but they're, it's kind of expensive. Silver uh, for a thousand, uh, I guess a thousand pieces of silver. I think it's actually silver dust is 10 bucks and 2000 is 20. So I, I don't, I have no idea what that buys you in game, but, uh, but it's, it's not inexpensive. So, you know, I, I think at least it's all, at least you can't buy stuff unless you pre-purchased, in which case you were able to buy an exotic. So I got that, just put it into my PS4 account. I'm very excited about it. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, Destiny, I'm excited. You'll be, so PC comes out in October, I want to say. It's about a oh, month and a half I from now. Wait. Yeah, sorry, man, you got to wait. Oh. Uh, I know, it's a bummer. I don't remember exactly the day because I'm not paying that much attention to it. But yeah, I think it's about a month and a half from now. But the good news is after that, everything will sync up. So um, like when the first round of DLC comes out and when the first new stuff comes out after that, it'll all be synced up. So the, the PC and the PlayStation and Xbox will all get uh, all the DLC the same day and that kind of thing. So you'll just have to wait for the initial launch and then if you can make it. I think the first DLC is next Maybe this fall. I don't remember. Um, I bought it already, so it'll just show up for me. But uh, oh, it'll be, it'll the be synced internet up. internet says October 24th. October 24th sounds like a fabulous date. My like, Unfortunately, like I can't type as much as I normally do because Adam's got so much crap in the way. Like I can't actually get to my laptop. So you can be my Google for me. It's perfect. This holiday season, it's all about the bedroom. And Casper's Black Friday sale has up to 30% off everything you need to make your bedroom your happy place. Only Casper mattresses are made with 86 supportive gel pods to align your spine and eliminate aches and pains. And Casper bed frames are made from the highest quality materials. Give the gift of a better bedroom. Save up to 30% during Casper's Black Friday sale on now at Casper.com. Terms and conditions apply. See Casper.com slash terms for more details. For over 30 years, Lexus has been celebrating driveway moments. But this year, driveways hosted some new traditions, like graduation parades and birthday parties. Celebrate the season with the Lexus December to Remember sales event. Find exclusive offers on our most popular models with contactless delivery. Now through January 4th. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Click the banner to discover more. Twitch. Twitch had a like we I was just like I said, I just got back from uh PAX and Twitch had a huge, 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 huge presence at Twitch. It makes you want to be like a Twitch um oh, what do they call them when you like are a fancy Twitch person. Either way. Like they have this massive lounge that's full of drinks and you're on the outside looking in at all these cool Twitch people that have chairs to sit in while you've been standing up for nine hours. It's it makes you wanna like 
up your Twitch game. Do you do you stream at all, Hans? No, I've never really done that. A little bit on Facebook when Overwatch started, but I'm not good enough to show anyone what I can do. So. <laughs> Neither am I. It doesn't stop me from doing it. Um, <laughs> I actually, I, I did my, like, you know, Facebook does that, like, you know, what you did last year kind of stuff. Um, today was actually the first day I tried to stream Overwatch on Facebook, and I had no, what I was doing. had no idea what I was doing, but I did manage to stream, like, 15 seconds of, like, the intro screen to Overwatch to Facebook and confuse a ton of people. So that was cool. Well, hey. Yeah, right? Um, and unfortunately, I don't use Twitch. When I stream, I, twi- I stream to Mixer. But um, uh, Twitch is actually doing a cool thing from today, the 15th, or the 5th, through the 19th of September, where if you, for every, I'm going to pull this up so I can, I can talk semi-intelligently about the, the way that Twitch works. For every time you use a give the a person that you're watching a when you cheer i believe is what it's calling and so i and i believe that that actually costs money i I, hopefully there aren't too many twitch people here that are going to call me stupid i apologize now but if you cheer for someone and use the hashtag charity or hashtag charity when you do it uh so you're cheering bits i guess um Twitch will donate a certain amount of money to uh, Extra Life, which is the charity that we're going to start raising money for um, in November. The big, the big things in November. We're already doing some fundraising. So, if you're interested in Extra Life, it helps children's hospitals. Twitch is doing this thing. They're going to donate up to two hundred thousand dollars, which is a ton of money to help these sick kids um, in hospitals all over the United States uh, get better and just be happier. You know, I mean, have, being a kid and having cancer sucks, and so anytime you know, or whatever. Uh, anytime we can make life better for these kids, it's a great thing to do. And so now you can not only support your favorite streamers, but uh, with a little bit of, you know, this money being kicked in from Twitch, you can actually help them raise, like I said, up to $200,000 for Extra Life, which is just a, a terrific charity. So if you're into Extra Life, we do have a team that we already have, I don't know, five or six members for. Uh, if you'd like to play in November, you can go to our website on the kind of right-hand rail side. There is a link. You can sign up to be one of our, our Extra Life people. And I think it's November, let's say 5th and 6th. 4th fourth, fourth and 5th? 4th uh, is the day the website says. Perfect. That seems very logical then. Uh, yeah, so it's a Saturday and a Sunday, the 4th and 5th. We're going to play video games for 24 hours straight. And uh, I get real loopy about hour 21, and we're going to live stream it, so... It's it's like seeing Cliff drunk, but he's not. It'll be fun. Why do you think Twitch is doing it so early? You know, it's Extra Life is actually a thing that goes all year. Like their big event is uh, is the one in November, but they actually do it all year long. Um, like there's no there's no requirement that you even do it on the the fourth and fifth. Um, they do it all year. So let's see. I'm trying to see if I can see how much they've raised. I mean, the top fundraiser for this year has already raised $50,000. Um, they don't have a, a running total, but I mean, they often have raised millions of dollars from charity streamers and that kind of thing before it actually starts. And then, you know, the fourth is their, the fourth and fifth will be their big days. Um, so I, why they're doing it now, I, I can't say, but that, I don't know. It's probably, probably if you really look into it and you want to be real cynical, it's probably like the end of their financial quarter. So if they can donate $200,000 before the end of September. Like they can write it off their taxes or something. You know, it's probably something dumb like that. That's, that's okay. <laughs> right? Hey, so while you're plugging uh, charities that help sick kids. Yes, yes. 
I would plug one that I donate to quite often oh, cool. called Project Pinball. Oh, very cool. I'm not familiar. Talk to me. So Google it, Project Pinball. It What they do is they go around to children's hospitals and put pinball machines in the lounges of oh, the children's hospitals. How cool is that? So, you know, the kids, you know, have a chance to get away, play some pinball. I know Extra Life and I know actually PAX or Penny Arcade likes to do consoles yeah, uh, and Child's stuff. Play? Yeah. Yeah, Child's Play. But Project Pinball actually goes in. They buy, honest to God, real pinball machines. Oh, that's awesome. Put them in the hospitals for the kids. So, And when you donate, every few months they have a sweepstakes. You donate and you could actually win your own pinball machine. Oh, that's super cool. That's awesome. Yeah, they 25 pinball machines and 23 children's hospitals. And, I, you know, the funny thing about pinball is I, I don't want to say that pinball's dying, but pinball definitely has – there's less of them now than there used to be. You know, I remember pinball being very much a thing that you used to see all the time. And, uh, but like my kid is 10 and he goes up to pinball machine. And he's like, Oh, this is awesome. And I know exactly how this works. Like there's no learning curve for pinball. I mean, there's a learning curve to be good at pinball, but, uh, but just to like set up and play it like, and they love it. They love the bells. They love the whistles. They love, you know, the balls going crazy and multi-ball like that's awesome that's a super cool thing i've never heard about that i'll uh i'll i'll put this on our facebook and twitter uh when we launch because that's a that's a really cool charity too i like that a lot it is and pinball is coming back we can talk about that later though but right. Pinball is having a huge resurgence right now Which and there's awesome. a lot of new games being made you know every month so that, i love pinball and that's actually where we're at we're gonna so like we said earlier hans has a huge arcade in his basement it's the most amazing thing in the world like it's it's cool enough that i literally have given some very very serious con- consideration to early next year maybe over the summer or something like buying a plane ticket for me and my kid to fly out and uh, and see this thing because it's amazing do you want to why don't you just tell us about tell us about your stuff man because i think it's awesome well um so about 10 12 years ago i had an opportunity to buy pac-man <laughs> my uh boss at work actually said hey i have a pac-man do you want it and i said yes because you know what it, what kid didn't see silver spoons that's you know about 40 years old and you know we saw him riding around the train and saw the line of video games in the back or we watched terminator 2 or any of the other movies where kids are playing video games or playing video games yourself. And that was, you know, my dream was always to have an arcade in my basement. And so he said, uh, do you want a Pac-Man? And I said, yes. And that was a terrible thing to say because it <laughs> led me to spending a lot of money and a lot of time. But, so I got that and come to find out that he actually and uh, another coworker of mine collect and restore pinball machines. And they each have about 40 pinball machines in their basement. So they're wow. much better than I am. That's a but that's a space commitment. It yes, it truly is. Uh, actually, the one guy he has forty two machines, and he had to have a separate hundred amp power feed to his basement for <laughs> it. But anyway, so I started collecting slowly. Um, I found that if you bought, you know, you watch Craigslist, you watch well now Facebook Marketplace, their forums, and actually as the internet and all the social media has really come about it's been easier and easier to find these games. But if you find them broken or, you know, not working, you can get them a lot cheaper. And I've slowly with a few of my friends figured out how to fix these things. Um, which is interesting because none of these games ever were meant to last more than a couple of years. Right. So, you know, an operator, uh, an arcade owner would put one on the floor and when it stopped making money, he'd hit it with a sledgehammer. Oh, geez. Put it in, you know, and that actually a lot of the arcade manufacturers would have um, things like that. So like Chuck E. Cheese, 
they wouldn't be able to sell the machines. They would actually destroy them for tax purposes. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Yeah. So it it's terrible. Well, that makes, <laughs> it that really makes, is. It makes, that makes me so sad. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So, you know, over the last 15 years or so, I've collected a pretty good uh, – collection collected a collection of pinball machines do the the list because this list is impressive like these are if you're my age you know in your late 30s early 40s like these are the games that you grew up going to the mall and playing well okay so i'll start at the older stuff so uh like i said my first was a pac-man and it'll also play miss pac-man so it's it's a combo pac-man miss pac-man i've got a galaxian which a lot of people don't remember galaxian but it was the precursor to galaga which a lot more people remember sure um operation wolf which was one of the uh most awesome gun games of my childhood the gun would actually vibrate you and me both yeah so operation wolf that that's there um I had two of my favorite and my what we call Grail games, games I you know I was going to have at any cost. I have a Star Wars Vector, um, which you know was the first game to actually have digitized speech from something, and in Star Wars' case, it was from the movie, right? So you actually have you know voice from the movies, and I have a Tron. And you're a big Tron guy, like like you're a big movie fan too, right? Yes, yeah. So that, that. Tron and Star Wars and Ghostbusters, those were movies that, like, kind of, the war games kind of led me, or let's see what else. Uh, games like that, you know, kind of led me on this weird yep. pop culture path. Love it. Um, but so, Tron, let's see. I've got a bunch of Nintendo games. I've got uh, an Excite Bike stand up. I've got a Donkey Kong, a Castlevania, a Super Mario Brothers. Um, my 11-year-old son's favorite game is my X-Men 4-player, so it's the old side-scrolling beat-em-up X-Men I, game. I adore that game. It's probably one of my favorite arcade games. And that and, like, uh, the, the Simpsons one, and what's the other one? So, Turtles, they did Turtles, yeah, Turtles, Simpsons, Sunset Riders, and X-Men. Yeah, I've never played Sunset up. Riders, but I love the other three. Like, those are the, there's a place called the Nickel Arcade in Salt Lake that we used to go to, and it was, you'd pay, like, a buck fifty to get in, and then all the game just cost a nickel or two nickels. And I've beaten all three of those, and I just adore them. Love all three of them. They are definitely fun, and when you when you don't have to put quarters in them, they're even more fun because you can play to the end without exactly. you know twenty dollars. Uh huh. Those old Konami games, they were quarter eaters. <laughs> uh, so let's see what else. I've got a Phoenix, which is kind of like a Galaxian Galaga ripoff by Century, but I like the side art on the cabinet better. <laughs> um, so you know, part of the reason I collect these is not only because. Of the games, but I really consider them kind of it, and this is going to kind of sound very dorky. Uh, it's an art form, right? So not only is there art on the cabinet that can be really awesome, uh, but there's also you know what these guys were able to squeeze into eight bits, right? It's In incredible. 1979, it was. Um, but so let's see what else I've got: a Mario Brother, a Super Mario Brothers. Um, an Afterburner, a Daytona Racer, which is probably my fa- favorite of all the racers out there. And we need to go back to Afterburner a little bit because this is this is this makes me sad. Like I probably I don't know twenty podcasts ago, I'm like, oh yeah, the very first very first arcade game I ever beat with quarters was Afterburner. Like it cost me like five bucks. And the next day, Hans is like, oh yeah, you know, if you just keep pumping quarters in that thing and you don't even touch the joystick, you'll beat it. I'm like, oh dang. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of a funny game. I I didn't know that would happen until it was my one of my kids put in. You know, he 
bumped up the quarters while he was playing and then got bored of it. You know, and I looked over a few minutes later and I was like, hey, you've won. And <laughs> that just makes me feel real bad about myself, but that's okay. <laughs> so then uh, kind of I have a skee-ball machine, which my wife, from being from New Jersey, really wanted to have. So we've got that in the basement. And then kind of my two big ones that I really like, beyond Tron and Star Wars, but they're newer. I actually have a Fix-It Felix Jr. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, which was from the movie Wreck-It Ralph, right? Yep. It was never a game that was actually made, but when Disney released Wreck-It Ralph, they actually took a bunch of Donkey Kong cabinets, wrote a game, and actually released it in about 20 movie theaters, I think maybe 30 movie theaters across the country. Um, so... I have a reproduction of one of those. So is that how it works? You do, is it is that something you bought new, or is it something you bought an, an other cabinet for and put the game in it? Or this one, I actually found such a good deal on it. Someone else had done all the work, sure. and I bought it from him, brand new. Nice. So it's actually a brand new cabinet that someone had created with the CNC machine and put Very the game cool. and game guts inside. It's a so. fun game too. Like I played it at Disneyland. It's it's not a bad game at all. It's it's no, pretty, it, pretty good time. It gets a lot of play. Yeah. It's yeah. you know. Um and then my crowning uh my piece de resistance. Ah. Uh and we were talking about that I just mentioned this before. Pinball is really having a resurgence right now. You you'll see a lot of barcades around the country and I'm sure, you know, everyone that's listening probably has a barcade in a city near them. Oh, yeah you know, a bar and arcade because, hey, there's old people like us who want to drink beer and play video games, exactly. so they put them together. Um, but pinball, there's actually uh, – Stern Pinball is still around. They were, you know, a, a maker of pinballs, machines all the way back, you know, 30, 40 years um, under different names. But now there's actually a couple startups. Uh, there's Jersey Jack Pinball and uh, Spooky Pinball are two of the other big names putting out new IP pinball machines, so new uh, – Star Wars, a new Star Wars pinball machine. This came out last month. Um, but last year, Stern released a game that I knew I had to have, and it's the Ghostbusters, the 1984, the original Ghostbusters oh, pinball machine. Nice. And it is amazing. It's, uh, you know, if you haven't played any of the, like, I think everyone's played pinball, but if you haven't played any of the new ones, some of them are really impressive, too. Um, I've actually played one. I think you have, though. You've played the Metallica pinball, right? That's one I would really love to have in the basement. It's, Metallica is super fun. It's gorgeous. It's got like actual music in it. It's really cool. Um, and I played uh, at GameWorks maybe two months ago, three months ago. I played the Walking Dead pinball, which is super fun too. So, yep. And those those are both within the last two or three years, right? So the you know pinballs make a comeback. It's I cool. think, and I think it's exactly what you said. You know, it, my son was the same way. He walked up to it, and he and it's kind of the way I was when I was a kid. You know, I mean, I love my video games, but pinball. You know, it has the video aspect. It has the sound. It has a million blinking lights. Yep. And it has ramps and balls and just a lot of mechanical movement. And well, I think you can go from being. I don't want to say mediocre, but you can be a very beginner pinball player and without spending like a million hours doing it, you can get decent. Like you can get to the point where you can you can feel good about, oh, man, I can play that game for five minutes or I can play that game for ten minutes, you know. And and maybe you're not getting a million points, but you're keeping the ball out and, you know, having fun. And, and you realize like, oh, man, I got an extra ball this time and, oh, multi-ball. And like there's just so many like multipliers and 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 fun things that you can you can do that – you can feel really pretty good about about where you get to as a pinball player. So it's it's a fun game, and I mean, I think that it, the, it just ramps up from there too. Like you can get be a really good ball, pinball player if you really want to dedicate some time to it. So yeah, there uh, 
I wish I was good. Right. I mean, I have a pinball machine. I've played hours and hours on it, but, you know, I'm still mediocre. Yeah. But, you know, I, I have friends that will play. You know, you say I'm right with you. Five or ten minutes, you know, on one credit. I feel great. I'm good for, you yep. know. Some of my friends will play 45 minutes on a credit, you know, and have a billion point oh, score plus, you know. And it's I'm, kinda, I'm never going to be that good. No. That's crazy. But I like to watch and pretend. Right. So what's your what's your favorite pinball machine besides your Ghostbusters? Besides Ghostbusters, yeah. actually, so it's really funny. This guy uh, in his basement over the last two years has been developing a pinball machine. Uh, he actually had a Dolly Parton pinball machine, and he <laughs> ripped it to pieces. And he had a CNC machine at his day job and created a whole new play field. And it's called Total Nuclear Annihilation. And Spooky Pinball, just three or four months ago, uh, said they're actually taking this guy's design out of his basement and publishing it. And oh, that's now they've, awesome. They are in pre-orders right now, and I think they've sold more than 500 at this point. I mean, the list is getting huge. That's crazy. Um, but if you really yeah. want to go see something that's complicated, like if you if you're like, oh, I, I you know I've seen complicated things before, go look on the internet for like the underside of what a pinball machine looks like, and you will be absolutely amazed at how many wires and things it takes to make a pinball machine work. Like that's not oh, yeah. <laughs> that's not simple stuff in any way. And, you know, it's even – it's interesting. The new ones aren't even half as cool as the ones from the 70s and oh, 60s, yeah. the electromechanical ones. Yep. You know, you get under there and there's rotors and sparks flying as connections are made. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's pretty incredible to watch those old ones. My, my son will actually – he loves – you know, we'll go over to my friend's house who has all the pinball machines and he'll have them actually lift – lift up the play field just so he can watch what's That's going cool. on on the inside. That's so cool. Have you ever, have you ever lit the game on fire yet? Luckily, no. I have not. <laughs> I have a lot of the games that have come in, I've seen where there have been fires or, you know, a wire will burn up and stuff. You know, over time, the wires will uh, get oxidized and not pass as much electricity, so they actually have to pull more electricity mm-hmm. from the power supply, and that slowly ramps up over time and then burns out. You know, it all it all goes back to the fact that these games were never meant to last more than a couple of years, and I'm, you know, trying to keep 20 TVs, basically, 30-year-old TVs, yep, yep. plus all the electronics inside the game. That's crazy. So if so, some yeah. if someone wanted to get into collecting these things you said earlier like watching facebook watching or facebook marketplace watching craigslist that's a good place to get started buying stuff what uh what kind of skills do you need to to repair one and keep these things running that obviously were not meant to be uh so a soldering iron and a voltmeter are your two best friends right so there you know there's there's a lot of levels of skill and there's a thanks to the internet there's a lot of people that can help you nice. there's a lot of forums that'll help you uh there's a lot of people that you can you know if you if you honestly want the game but don't know how to fix it you can send your boards away someone will fix it for you send it back you just have to plug it back in and it works nice um the tvs are a little bit of a a crapshoot sometimes as it were um you can sometimes send the boards away that fix the you know and have them fixed but, you know, if the TV, the guns on the TV are starting to go, you might actually need to replace that. Sure. However, there are a lot of people and there's a lot of websites. If you uh, you control Goodwills and look for old CRT TVs and there are websites that will list compatibility with your, you know, the Very guts cool. of the arcade game that you can just swap the tube out for. Nice. nice. Um, so that's so. But, you know, it's all skill levels, right? Yeah. So you can start. 
practice soldering if you're going to get into it. You'll be doing a lot of that, you know. Um, a lot of it's all you know DC power most of it. So you know, just have a good voltmeter, be able to trace wires. If you can read a schematic, you're you're there right? halfway you there know? at least. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it's my dream. Like I, I don't want. I don't want a million. I just want like one, like just, just one. I don't have a ton of space. Like we don't have basements here much in Seattle. So I don't, I can't make like a cool, you know, basement arcade, but uh, I'd love to have one in like my kid's playroom. I think it'd be a good time. So, so someday, so I don't know which one yet I have to figure it out or maybe I'll just like cheap out and make a main machine. We'll see. But, uh, you know, that's nothing wrong with that. Hans actually showed me this really cool, like what are they, like the bar top ones that are pretty cool too. So, Oh yeah, so now there's a if you Google RetroPie or HyperPie, a lot of people are putting a lot of work into doing Mame type emulation on uh, you know the Raspberry Pi. Uh, you can do things like that. That's really fun, and yeah. then you know it's you can actually have kind of like an IKEA arcade sent to your house. You know, you could get a full size if you wanted, but you could also get one like you just said, the bar top that's you know yeah. just sit on your counter. And they're not super expensive like a couple hundred bucks you know between maybe a couple couple hundred bucks plus a couple hundred bucks i don't know i, I price it but i don't remember exactly you can get yeah, the you, raspberry pi and get the whole arcade cabinet and they come with like you can you know they have templates where you can actually print out the stickers to go on the sides and they're they can be really slick looking you buy the the different joysticks the different buttons are customizable you can get cool led ones like it's it's a cool industry out there it's it's not uh, it's 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 approachable yeah, most definitely. I mean, if if people want to talk, I'd be happy to hang out in the Discord room and talk arcade games and how to get into it all day long. Hell yeah. Or, you know, even help troubleshoot. You know, I have three games sitting behind me right now in various stages of brokenness that nice. I'm trying to fix. So Yeah, so that that is another thing. Come to our Discord channel. He's he's here. What's uh what's your name there? I forget. It's something funny with socks. Man socks. Man socks. If you've seen man socks, that's this is that's Hans. He can uh, he'd be happy to chat. He, he's a fun dude too. So uh, come to our Discord and and you can talk with me. You can talk with him and a bunch of other fun people too. Uh, I think that's going to do it for arcades for now. So we're going to go into questions again. The unfortunate thing is there is no Dylan here, so there's no one to do. do can you do a like a <laughs> your wife's from Jersey? Can you do a Jersey accent? Could you do the Vinny the Vinny Colin? <laughs> Can you get I, her to I come do it? <laughs> I can't. Damn I don't it. want to step on what's already that been would be a, That would be a terrible thing to do. Terrible thing to do. Anyway, Vinny has questions. Uh, Vinny's question for this week is, and this is, this is a good tie-in for what we've done today, what existing game franchise do you think would benefit most from a VR standalone game? What do you think? So, you know, there there actually is a game, uh, an RPG game for the VR right now, and I forget what it's called. It's really fun, but I was, I, you know, I was playing this game, and I thought, you know, this would be really fun on a Diablo level, right, mm. where you're just surrounded by a million monsters, and you're just hacking and slashing right and left. Now, people would be taking video of you playing this, right? <laughs> But I think Diablo would be really cool. And, you know, I, I put the lose your lunch option of as Portal because I think oh. that would be really cool too. Could you imagine some of those, like, when you do the, like, portal through the ceiling and do the portal under the floor and you just, like, fall infinitely? Can you imagine how awful that would be in VR? I can't even it imagine. Oh. Terrible. Yeah. No. I th- Diablo would be – you know, I actually think Diablo even just as a – 
like not with you necessarily in you know first person view from Diablo, but Diablo as a slightly more isometric game that you just played kind of top down within VR could be very cool. I actually played a game and I have no idea what it was called because I played so many games this weekend, but I played a kind of a cool turn based strategy game that um, was just kind of like a little more isometric than than Diablo is on the PC, and you know you'd move people, you know it was kind of very much one of those, you know, you have this many movement points, you can move here and then fire inside of VR. And, and so your view was mostly that. It almost felt like a diorama. It was really, it was a cool game though. So I could actually see Diablo working multiple ways. Um, it reminded me a little, did you ever play, I can't for the life of me remember what it was called, but like back in the arcade 15 years ago where they had those like hologram time splitters, time jumpers, time, time traveler, time traveler felt very much like that, but better <laughs> so i could i could see how diablo could work i think um for me i think the funny thing is my kind of answer has always been skyrim i always wanted to play skyrim in vr because i same thing as diablo like i want to be like the the combat in in skyrim is always janky like you always feel like you're like i, I want to do my cool shield and my cool sword but they'd always felt just kind of flaily and i always thought it'd be really cool to be able to you know see a guy coming and you know, block with my shield and then counterattack with a sword and that kind of thing. But Skyrim's actually coming to VR, so I guess I got to get a new answer, and I, I don't have one yet. I'd, I'd like to see uh, Fallout in VR too, but that's also coming. So really, <laughs> I was gonna say. really, what it is is I want to see <laughs> those people make uh, games, and I want to make them for VR. And they heard me, and they've just fulfilled all my dreams. So I, I guess I'm set on VR for a while now. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Standing there in Skyrim and having a dragon land next to you would be pretty cool. Being able to punch out a dragon in VR, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm I, down with that. I think Skyrim's actually, unfortunately, only coming out for PSVR. I think I could be wrong. I think that's the one that is, and that makes me sad because I want to play no. it. I want to play it on my Oculus. So, oh well. Anyway, I really, honestly, every game can be in VR. I'm, I'm actually perfectly fine with every game being in VR. That'd be amazing. Uh, all right. So, next question is from Crawdad. Uh, he says, and this is this is the one that that Hans has been struggling with uh, the entire uh, all of today. I think. Yeah, since you asked. Yeah. It's this rough. What game? So we're, we're, this is kind of a two part question. Um, what game has made you tear up with emotion? Not just sad, but real emotion: angry, happy, doubtful, etc. On the other hand, what game scared you the very most? What well, do you think? Scared is easy, right? Yeah. For me, that was Alien Isolation. That that game is one of those games where I actually had to stand up, walk away, and you know take a fifteen minute break in the nice sunlight before I went back to playing it. There were parts of that game that you know, and your answer kind of the same way with that. Yep. As I, well, when you get there, I almost thought about buying Alien Isolation. It's part of a hum- humble bundle right now that I think expires like today or tomorrow. I've almost done it, pulled the trigger like three or four times. I'm like, no, I just, I don't need more of that in my life. I don't think like I hear it's amazing. I hear it's fantastic, but I'm just such a wuss when it comes to horror games that I I don't think it's a good idea. It is, it is truly amazing how, I mean, they call it isolation in the first few hours of the game. It truly is that. I mean, it it is incredible how alone they make you feel. And I think to me, like, so my answer, what he was just alluding to is dead space. Um, And I think that that is like the how you can tell a horror game's good is it's not that you're scared when there's something scaring you it's how scared you are when there's nothing around and and dead space was that for me is i'd walk through a room i'm like oh i've seen this room before there's obviously something in here and there wasn't anything in there 
And so then you'd walk into the next room and you're like, well, there wasn't anything in the room before. So there's got to be something horrifying in this room. There's nothing in this room. And then you'd go into the next room. There's nothing in there. And you'd go back into the second room. And that's when something would sneak up from behind and scare the crap out of you. I I don't know how many times I finished that game just like put the controller down. I'm like, I'm like sweating and I can feel my heart pounding. I'm like, am I having fun? Because I think I'm having fun, but I'm not 100% sure I'm having fun. So I get it. I get it. So have you found your, your sad game yet? I have not found my sad game. Your sad games, I mean, I, all those arcade games that got beat to death and left behind, you know, in dumpsters to uh, to you know go to the dump. The the thousands and thousands and thousands of arcade games that are in landfills now. I think that's probably true. Single tear just falls, rolls down your cheek. And uh, I see you've got one. Yeah, and you. Yeah, this game. No kidding. We talk about this all the time. Firewatch. I know I've talked about this game a million billion trillion times, um, but I'm going to say right now. Like 45 seconds from when I say now, spoilers. So now there's a part in this. Oh, you haven't played it yet, have you, Hans? No, go ahead. ahead. So there's a part of this game like 80% of the way through where you find a dead kid in a cavern and it's heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. The kid really doesn't figure into the plot a ton. I mean a little bit, but – as a parent, you walk up to this like, and you just find this dead, broken body in this cave. And, like, you can watch me. Like, I live streamed it. And you can just see me like, oh, oh, no. And it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Anyway, so that's a great game. You should go play it. It's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You sold it up to this point. <laughs> right. Oh, it's, questioning. Su- it's such a good game. But, I mean, it's it's such a good game because – it will make you feel. It makes you feel for all the characters, everyone in that game. Like, it doesn't, and I've said this before, Firewatch doesn't end happy, and it doesn't need to. Um, just like not every movie needs to end happy, not every book needs to end happy. Firewatch does not end happy, and there's a reason it doesn't, and the thing I just talked about is one of those reasons that it doesn't. But it doesn't make it, it it's such a good game. It's such a good game. It's three hours of your time. Spend it. What about happy? What makes you the happiest? What is your happiest memory of a game? Oh, there's so many happy things. Like I think, like good games make me make me happy all the time. It's uh, like finding happy in a game is not hard. Um, probably one of the probably the most like one of the most gleeful parts I've ever been in a game, and it's it's horrible because I spent a bunch of time murdering unicorns. But you've, have you played Diablo three? I have. So yes. have you ever gotten to the like happy, fun unicorn land? It's like through a magic yep. portal. <laughs> Like that was, I'm like, what am I doing? Why, why are these unicorns exploding into giant bloody piles? What's going on? Why, why is this place full of gumdrops and lollipops and, you know, magic LSD? And why do I have to kill everything? That, that made me very happy just because it was so different than the rest of Diablo three. It's that game so dark and dank and whatever. And that, that part was silly, but you know, I mean, there's so many fun, happy games that, you know, sometimes they're just fun and cute and happy, you know, a good Kirby game or whatever. And sometimes it's, you know, scoring a last minute goal in Rocket League, you know, to let you win with one second left, you know, that feeling of just, you know, euphoria. Um, games games, games are very good at making people feel happy, I think, which is maybe why a game like Firewatch or The Remains of Edith Finch or What Remains of Edith Finch or that what, that don't end happy and that don't make you feel happy but make you feel something different are, are kind of stand out and interesting to me. So I don't know. I think, you know, 
another emotion is like laughter and that kind of thing, right? You know, and I think that there are two that stand out in my mind in that way, and one is South Park. Oh, Jesus, game. yes. I've never laughed so hard in my life. You know, that and Tiny Tina's Assault and Dragon Keep, which I don't think you've played yet, not which you really Dragon know. Keep? Yeah, Tiny Tina's Assault oh, and Dragon Oh, and that's, that's the expansion it's for um, Borderlands 2, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Borderlands um, 2. That, yeah, yeah, correct. That's four hours of nonstop laughter as well. You know, it's as good as South Park. If, if well, one better. thing I did uh, last week, and I haven't had a chance to play it yet, and I think me and my brother are going to do it together, is I got the Handsome Collection. So I okay. will finally be able to play Borderlands 2 in its, you know, remastered Xbox Three or Xbox One glory. So I'll, once I once I beat it, I'll get the get the expansion. But yeah, South Park, if you haven't, South uh, Fractured Butthole, carefully, is coming out soon uh i want to say this year but maybe it's next year i don't know it doesn't matter at this point there's a million games coming out in the next six months who cares but if you have never played uh the first south park game like oh my god it's it's so good it's so fun and it's you know you have to take it like if you don't enjoy south park you won't enjoy that game but if you do enjoy south park you will love every single second of it it's so good it's so good and you don't even need to be like current with south park right you can you know Totally Just standalone. Some South Park, you know. Yeah, because like you do, you have to get their humor. You have to, you have to be one of those people that can say sometimes things that are horrifyingly offensive are actually kind of funny. So, it's uh, it's good. Uh, next question is from Kevin. He says, "Hey guys, today's talking to you." Uh, so I was wondering what game release had you more excited than you've ever been for a game release for him. It is destiny two, which is like we said, coming out now I should have like a timer so I could look at all times, uh, three hours and six minutes for me. Uh, so he's super excited about destiny two. And he was also super excited about breath of the wild. Can you think of any that have had you that excited? How about you Hans? So the, the, the terrible one, is no man's sky i i bought into the hype train so hard on that yep. game it wasn't even funny so did adam you know? yep and it was terrible so it made me sad you know and i it never have i been hyped again in the last year <laughs> uh, but honestly the biggest one uh was wasteland 2 which is uh the sequel to wasteland that came out in the early 90s um by the basically by brian fargo and he had went on to do uh, Obsidian and then yep. – um, what's Obsidian? And then, oh, God, the guys that did Fallout 2 and um, uh, New yes. Vegas. Um, no, that's Obsidian, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically all the good RPGs kind of all spawned from Brian Fargo's brain back when he did Wasteland and a game called Bard's Tale. Oh, yeah. Things like that. Well, and if you've never played, like, Fallout New Vegas, like, that is arguably the best of the Fallout games. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. There's actually I, – I was reading an article the other day on the differences between how Bethesda does uh, things versus uh, how uh, Obsidian did it, you know, and they're like, you have these two options and leads to this ending. And then, you know, with uh, New Vegas, it was like, you have 55 options and 73 endings. <laughs> Obsidian's just done some great work overall. Like, they do some some just kind of cool games. Like, they don't get – I don't think they get mentioned enough in, like, kind of top-tier uh, talk because a lot of what they do is they do kind of make games for other people and they do some, they've done some really cool like Kickstarter stuff recently too, right? Like, didn't they do, um, well, yeah. So he, he left 
them and it was Black House Studios was the other one I was yeah. thinking of. And, um, all the isometric Dungeons and Dragons games, yep. basically. Um, yeah. They were, are, are they the folks that are involved in like Pillars of Eternity and? Yes. Yeah. So this is in Exile. Yeah. They started it with Wasteland Two and then did Pillars after that. Yeah. Um, and Pillars is the uh, spiritual successor to. I'm not that I'm not that smart yeah. with old RPGs. There's good stuff though. Yeah. Anyways. Well, they did um, Neverwinter Nights. They did. I mean, Knights of the Old Republic too. Like they did some top shelf games back you know back in the day and now uh, pillars of eternity i've heard is phenomenal so pillars is amazing I, I just beat that recently actually but it all goes back to wasteland 2 when yep. they kickstarted that that was like one of the first things on kickstarter i was like oh i have to back this yep and it got huge it got earned a ton of money too and i've not played it um i hear it's great though and i've heard the first wasteland's really great too if you're into uh slightly older stuff it was kind of i mean wasteland wasteland was what kind of started like the original fallout games wasn't it wasn't it a predecessor to fallout it one was, and two? It was yeah definitely predecessor to fallout one and two and then three and four of course but uh yeah so wasteland two and when they did wasteland two they actually went back and fixed up wasteland one made it run on modern systems tweaked the ui a little more so you can actually play i mean i play it anyways but yeah it's actually definitely playable with mouse and keyboard nowadays so it's definitely worth a look and i actually think you get it free if you when you buy wasteland oh, that's, 2 now that's so. awesome i'm looking at the video right now this game looks amazing like it looks it, so good if, if you like crpgs that are really deep there's a lot of reading you know it's not like it, it's not like an action rpg like yeah. mass effect or anything it's more of a thinking turn-based kind of thing yeah Nothing so. wrong with that. Different, you know. But anyways, what about you? Uh, you know, the funny thing is I'm not a big, like, day one guy. Um, I rarely, 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 rarely buy games um, the day they come out. Like, I get excited about a ton of games. Like, I get super excited about a ton of games. But I'm not a, like, I need to pre-order this and buy it the very day it comes out. I'm obviously excited about Destiny 2. Like, that's a game that I've I spent a lot of time um, being excited about. Um Mages of Australia was a game that uh, came out last year that I was really excited about. Um, the people who did it uh, were – they got me into PAX last year, and so that's how I won free tickets from them. So I kind of got into their game from there, and then I got super excited about it. It's got a super deep uh, like spellcasting system. It's really interesting that way. So I was really excited about that. Um, oh, shoot. I'm – Drawing a blank now. Uh, the Behemoth game that came out in between Castle Crashers and Pit People. <laughs> I can't remember its name, but I was super excited about that. Um, let's see. What is the name of that game? How about they make games? And it was called Battle Block Theater. I bought that day one. It was a, it's a super fun co-op game. Um, but, you know, like I was really excited about Skyrim when it came out, but I didn't get it day one. I asked for it for Christmas, so I got it a couple months later. I just tend to be kind of that person who, like, I love games, but I hate paying $60 for games. And so most of the games that I buy, like, day one are, you know, $15 on Steam or they're six months after they come out on uh on you know whatever and i can get them for 30 bucks instead of 60 so i get on the hype train on things but like that hype train usually just kind of goes past the station keeps driving for a little while and then i pick it up on sale so it is what about it south is. park oh, i'm super excited about south park i'm i will probably buy that day one because i love it so much but man south park's hard too because 
it's like it's a game that I can only play when my kids asleep. So, <laughs> which is okay. It just kind of limits when I can actually play that game, you know. Because the first one, there were there were parts that would have been a hundred percent unexplainable if he'd walked in while I was playing them. Um, maybe two hundred percent unexplainable, especially because I played it two or three years ago. He was like eight. It would have been very bad, very 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 bad. But yeah, that game that game looks so good, and I love the first one so much. So. I don't know. All right, last question. El Chalupa King. Um, I believe his name is actually Ed, but it's all good either way. He says, is there a co-op game that you just couldn't put down? As of right now, me and my brother, oh, you like this. He went back to Borderlands and fell in love with that game. What about you, Hans? It did definitely Borderlands, but, right. you know, before that, or even, you know, PUBG as well. I yep. mean, that's the I've latest, played that multiplayer. co-op. But what about Serious Sam? Did you ever play oh, that co-op? I love I... You know, I don't know if I ever did play it co-op, but I love that game so much. Like, it was such a, like, breath of fresh air into that wacky genre. It was just so strange and so over the top, and there were so many things to shoot. And, like, I don't want to say first-person shooters had gotten a little stale, but, like, that just was like this, hey, this new thing that's insane. It was so much fun. Definitely was. And I I will throw it back. My favorite co-op game of all time, Gauntlet. Oh, I've not. I've never played Gauntlet multiplayer. Four? You never played Gauntlet in the arcade no. with four people? Mm-mm. Oh man, that, I'm missing out. Yeah, I can. Now you have to come over. I can, <laughs> you do you have a four player Gauntlet? It's sitting behind me in pieces. Perfect. <laughs> so, so that's the deal. Is you finish Gauntlet, I'll come. I just got to get like a bunch of Sky Miles or something. It's it, it's it's unfortunately very difficult to fly uh, fly from Seattle to the Midwest. It's expensive. Um, I don't know why, but it is. Um, let's see. My favorite co-op game. Um, a bo- the first Borderlands was huge for me. Me and my brother played that um, for two extra lives in. Oh, I want to say 2014 and 2000. Maybe it was 13 and 15. I don't remember, but we did it in two chunks, like 15 hours the first time and nine the second. Um, and that game's so fun to play with that kind of. I mean, I want to say with that continuity, even though there was a year between the first part we played and the second part we played. Um. But that's terrific. We I used to play a ton, I mean like a literal ton of Guitar Hero. Um and Guitar Hero is oh, so yeah. much better two player. Um I was like my brother was always slightly better. Well, I slightly is probably overstating things. He was a lot better at it than I was. Um and so he always get to play the guitar parts and I'd have to play bass because the bass part was easier for most games. Um or for most songs, not all of them, but most of them. <laughs> and so but that was still a ton of fun. Um Army of Two, even though it was, or Army of One, sorry, um, even though it was like super broy and over the top and dumb, was a super fun uh, co-op game. But I mean, oh, I'm honestly a firm believer that every game that can be should probably be co-op because I think almost every game is better played co-op um, if it's got good co-op. Um, and to me, like one of the hallmarks of a good co-op game too is that like you should never like. It, nothing should ever drop that you can't both pick up um, unless it has, like, a good trading system like Diablo does. Um, but, like, a well-thought-out co-op game is is really fun. So I think I wish more games were co-op than, than are. Have you guys played any of the Dead by Daylight or the Friday the 13th stuff yet? Uh, you know, Friday the 13th, it looks fun, um, but it launched so badly that I didn't want to pay 30 bucks for it. And I've heard that it hasn't gotten significantly better since then. Um, that, that struck me as a game that 
didn't probably get enough funding to really get it all the way done. You know, like it still hasn't launched, they still haven't launched their single player, um, that kind of thing. So it looks interesting and I'm interested by it, but it's also one of those games that, you know, does rely on servers and has seen kind of a steady decline in, in players. So I kind of wonder how long it'll be around, but maybe, maybe it'll have some legs. Um, yeah, you should try Dead by Daylight. And Dead by Daylight is actually in that that same humble humble pack, and so I've thought about picking it up. It's like ten bucks, um, so maybe I'll try that. Do, do you have that one? Yes, I yeah. we play it quite a bit. It's it's neat, you know. You get the co op, but then there's also another human that's you know the bad guy. So it's a it's a neat twist on the co op kind of thing. Let's see. I have uh, humble bundle load. Oh, it's over. I missed it. Crap. Well, maybe I'll pick it up anyway. I know, right? <laughs> I've made poor decisions. Yeah, no, I hear I hear Dead by Daylight is great. Um, Vinny plays it too, so maybe we'll check that out. Um, all right, well, as we wrap up into a couple other things, cheap free games this month. We've already talked PlayStation. We've already talked uh, Xbox last week. So, like, if you if you haven't got those yet, they're both pickable up uh as of now uh the playstations have launched today for me so two days from now it will definitely be there uh one thing you can do though is if you have twitch prime um which if you have an amazon prime account you automatically get twitch prime for free um right now you can get uh all sorts of madden 18 in-game loot there's stuff for heroes of the storm there are uh overwatch in-game loot and that like some of that stuff if you haven't opened uh, they've been giving away for a couple months some of it actually has ended up being worth quite a bit so it's probably worth grabbing even if you just want to keep it and trade it for other stuff uh there's warframe in-game loot uh lawbreakers in-game loot although that ends on the 8th so if you're into lawbreakers and if you like if you like really fast-paced kind of arena shooters lawbreakers is a lot of fun um you can check that out then quake champions which just launched through september 23rd is going to have in-game loot and uh for honor if you're into that through september 14th has in-game loot so twitch prime right now it's like i said it's free and they're giving all sorts of crap away so like there's some pubg stuff not terribly long ago i want to say a month or two ago that ended up being like i think dylan was saying one of his buddies sold some of his stuff for actual money or you know steam money fake fake money um (laughs) on some of these and overwatch has been the same way where some of the stuff they've given away has ended up being very 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 um popular after the fact and so it's worth grabbing if you have amazon prime and twitch prime to grab the stuff even if you don't plan on using it yourself just because other people have been trading for it because it's been pretty good so i think that's all the cheap free stuff um Small Bites, cheap free. So if you're into the mobile games, uh, Humble Bundle right now is doing one of their mobile things. This is only for Android, and this is only if you have an actual Android phone. Like, these do not work very well on, like, the Kindle Fires. You have to have an actual Android. But uh, they've got a ton of it's. It's the Humble Mobile Bundle made in France. So these are all French-developed games. I am not familiar with... I'm familiar with Sanitarium. It's pretty good. But, uh, like, the, the top price is only 5 bucks. So for 5 bucks, you can get, uh, looks like, nine. Oh, there's definitely more than nine. Nine mobile games, it looks like. And so uh, you can check that out if you like the mobiles and you're an Android person. You an Android? Or you're an iPhone person, aren't you? No, Android. Oh. I might pick up this pack, actually. I don't tr- I'll try not to hold it against you. Yeah. Um so uh, Hans picks his own troll corner today, and I think it's a very appropriate one because I could complain about this all day from now until the end of time. Uh, Nintendo, again, for just creating false demand around uh, the SNES Classic and the SNES Classic. And just, 
even if they're not creating false demand, even if they're just grossly incompetent, I almost I almost would prefer to think they're just grossly incompetent in uh, as opposed to creating false demand because it makes me feel better about the company. I think um, at least then they're just dumb and not malicious. But come on, people, figure this out. I, w- I would have given them the dumb and malicious, or the not the they're dumb, not malicious for the nest for the first one. The <laughs> but NES then, basic. yeah. You know, after seeing what that did last year and then doing the same thing over again, you know, less than a year later, you know, I I just I I don't understand what they're doing, quite honestly. I literally don't either. It's it's ridiculous. And I don't understand how they're not like they have the thing that everybody wants. So I don't understand how they're not keeping better tabs on their retailers either. Like, why is Amazon, you know, launching their preloads in the middle of the night? It's absolutely ridiculous why are they letting gamestop and think geek do these ridiculous bundles of uh, gamestop actually came out today and and made the statement like no we think these bundles are people really like these it lets them buy things that they want sometimes there's a discount and you know with with these you know the things from think geek it's getting a lot of stuff and you know if they don't want these bundles it's fine they can just come into the store and buy one and doesn't mention that they have absolutely no stock in the store so I don't know. The, the whole thing's turning me off. I don't – if I see an SNES classic, SNES classic, I probably will buy one just because I'm weak. But uh, the whole thing's just gross to me any longer. I just – I wish they could figure this out. Yeah, it it, it blows my mind. I mean – or why – you know, okay, fine. You You messed up on the demand, but why stop producing them, right? Yeah. Obviously, people want to throw money at you. Keep producing the NES Classic. Keep producing until, you know, you don't have demand anymore. And I'll be honest, their reasoning for that is the only thing they've said in this entire debacle that actually makes sense. Is they say the reason they've stopped producing them is because there's just limited factory time. Like, at some point in time, they have to choose to make SNES Classics or make Switches. Like, they can't make both because there's just only so many factories in China that can actually produce these things. And those same factories are creating PlayStation 4s and Xbox and Xbox One Xs and probably your fancy phones that you're buying and your iPads and your iPhones and all that stuff. And so, like, they just literally they could only make so many and it came to a point where it was at the expense of making other things. So if that's true, I'll say okay, fine. If it's not, like bleh. I, I don't know if I believe it. I yeah. Mean, the fact that I can do the exact same thing that they're doing with more games on a Raspberry Pi. So, you know, it's 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 not specific silicon, right? They're that's not true. making hardware that's, you know, I mean, they could take the guts out of a 30-year-old phone and they could play the NES games. That's valid. That's phone. valid. Yeah, I don't know. It, the entire thing's just silly. And it, like I said, it makes me not want one. Um, but I'll buy one if I find one. It's just the way That's it is. That's the problem. Right? I'm, <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm weak. I'm bringing this up because I want one very badly. Uh, the, I don't know why. The only I thing know. I can uh, – that's the thing is I don't know why because I could just go play it on my Raspberry Pi. Although I've heard that the SNES Classic is actually going to have the cool rewind features that like the Disney Afternoon Collection did where if you die, you don't have to actually die. You can actually just rewind it back a little bit and that's super intriguing to me just because these games are hard too. They're really yeah, hard. So – I don't know. But yeah, anyway, just Nintendo, please, please figure things out. And like I said, the only thing that makes me really happy about this is like my kid didn't go like, oh, dad, I want Santa to bring me an NES classic for Christmas because I don't know what you do. Like I just you disappoint your kids, I guess. Or you buy one for 300 bucks off eBay. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. (laughs) 
<laughs> Love it. That's what you do. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a terrific idea. So I don't know. We'll figure it out. Hopefully he doesn't want an SNES Classic. I don't think he will. He just wants Minecraft on a different system this year, I'm sure. Anyway, that's my wife calling, probably wondering where I am because this podcast is running super late. So I think we're going to wrap this up. Uh, thank you so much, first of all, for coming. It was, it was terrific to have you come in and talk about your arcade games. We've been talking about doing this for, I don't know, we're on episode 42, so we've been probably talking about it for like 43 weeks, it would be my guess, <laughs> roughly. Least. Um, but thanks for coming on. It was great. Um, you can find us uh, at bitemepodcast.com. That's B-Y-T-E. Uh, and then me, uh, hopefully you can spell that and podcast is a given. Uh, you find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Mixer. I think we have a Twitch page. We don't really do much there. Uh, you can email us at bite me podcast or sorry, bite me at bite me podcast.com. Um, you can find us on discord. Come chat with me and Hans. We're both there. I'm there all the time. He's there a lot. He's East coast though. So weird things happen. Um, and check out our Extra Life page. We have T-shirts if you want them, all that stuff. Uh, would you like to give any of your, your internet information out in case people want to talk to you about arcade games? Do you have a Twitter? Not really. That's um, all right. Mostly just find me in the Discord. I'll be there. Um, I do have an Instagram page, but it's not very full yet. Mostly <laughs> arcade game stuff. That's cool, though. What is it? Uh I don't even remember. You put me on the spot. I'll put it in Discord. <laughs> perfect. That? That's perfect. All right. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks for listening to us. And I guess, uh, can, can you whisper bite me for Dylan? Bite me. Oh, that's good. For over 30 years, Lexus has made the driveway a special place. But this year, some new driveway traditions appeared, like birthdays and drive-by graduation parades. Here's to making the driveway the place to celebrate. Deck your driveway at the Lexus December to Remember sales event. Find exclusive offers on our most popular models with contactless delivery. Now through January 4th. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Click the banner to discover more.